live and giving you everything everywhere all at once this is our sixth annual oscar special in this fan favorite episode i will join two women talking as we do our best to predict which films will emerge as the top guns of oscar night and which will furrow their brows in a triangle of sadness the nominations this year are full of Hollywood royalty, both in the actors themselves and the characters they portrayed, in some films that ring with the bell of truth and in some more akin to a fable, man. <laughs> this year's top movies have some passionate, invested fan bases, and with such high stakes, there are many potential upsets. When the winners are announced on Sunday evening, will it be all quiet on the Western Front, or will fans tar out their hair and wail like the banshee Ed Sheeran? Miss Sinclair, Helen, and myself aren't going the way of water during this recording. We're going the way of wine. So just like the king himself, Elvis, let's throw on our blue suede shoes and get this party started. Woohoo! <laughs> Guys, it's the Oscar special! It's the it's Oscar, Oscar special. special. <laughs> it's also our last episode of the season, people. It is. True, true. Because, so you know... What movies are coming out next week? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 100%. So, yes, we've got you covered. We will be talking about all the things Oscars and everything that you need to know before the big night this Sunday, the 95th mm -hmm. Oscars. 95th. 95th. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It is. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. And only one female cinematographer winner in all of that time. No, not even one. Not even one female <laughs> cinematographer Not even in a all one. that time. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Great start. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's just jump right into it. We've yeah. got our hosts back. We've got Jimmy Kimmel as a host. Uh, what do we think about this? Is this third time doing it? Is third time the charm? Or were the other two times also the charm? I don't even remember him hosting. Me neither. Other <laughs> Oscars. And I think that makes sense, to be honest. I mean, he has hosted this twice before in 2017 and 2018. Mm -hmm. um, but he he's a safe host, right? Yeah. He's not controversial. He's not going to rock the boat. He's not going to offend people or ruffle feathers. He's capable. He's had his late night show for 20 years. Um, we all remember the 2017 Oscars, of course. The Moonlight. How could we forget? Yeah. Moonlight, La La Land. But that's what is memorable, not Jimmy Kimmel. No, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, just him dealing with memorable moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not not looking forward to him hosting. We had the three female hosts last year: Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, and Regina King, and I think that they did a good job. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes I kind of like just having one host. Me too. Like sometimes I, I just want the one. You know, it's you wrote it. It's your you've got your monologue. You're not playing off of two other people. Like. Just give mm. us a, a straight shot hosting. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I am wondering this year how many jokes are going to be made about the slap. Mm -hmm. Like, how is he going to address it? He's already poked fun of it in his Oscar promo. He did mm -hmm. a Top Gun Maverick Oscar promo. They're already poking fun of the slap there. So, like, how much slap... Are we going to have to endure? I, I hope not much. To be I think honest. it's going to be a small amount. I, yeah. I did read an interview with him where he was asked that very question. And yeah. he basically said, like, okay, if I'm saying, if I'm commenting on it, it's going to have to be really funny, right? Because yeah. everything has been said at this point. Yeah. So it's going to feature in the opening because how could he not bring yeah. it up? But I think he'll, it'll be a one and done with that. And I think, honestly, we're all over it. Well, yeah. the only thing is, is people aren't over it. Because, because Chris the special, Chris yeah. Rock special <laughs> just oh, came yeah. out where he actually really addresses it. And it is you know, the Chris Rock special has come out right before the Oscars. Yeah. Coincidence or conspiracy. Timing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it is very much in the conversation, you know, without just it being the Oscars. You know, now it's yeah. in the conversation with this Chris Rock special. Right. I, I was thinking about how there's so many shocking Oscar moments mm. and the Chris Rock's getting slapped by Will Smith is actually considered the most shocking Oscar moment in Oscar history. Like it is at the top of the list. Yeah. And it's pretty wild to think that we watched that. You yeah, know, oh, and yeah. even the Moonlight La La Land debacle, 
even seeing that and like I remember us being together for both yeah. of those moments. I know. I know. I'm so glad we were together for both of those. You know, oh. in the actual shot. Because there's so many yeah. shocking moments from past Oscars when we weren't alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. You know, or we were too young. And then you really do remember right where you were and what the reactions oh, yeah. were. And but we were together and we we're were not together. going to be this year. We're and not. I hate that. Oh, me too. So Edison will be in Nova Scotia and Sinclair will be coming over to my apartment. I invited myself over. She sure did. Yeah. And then she invited other people over too. And then I said, well, you can invite a couple other people over, right? (laughs) And then I kind of requested that, you know, Justin, Helen's man, make some snacks. Yeah. (laughs) As well. He likes to cater to the the party. It is true. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh my uh, God, you're having a literal Oscar party. You're going to make those prosciutto wrap dates. Uh, I, I absolutely die. am. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think that we could have you on FaceTime. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we absolutely will, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'll be mm-hmm. sitting here watching it with my mom. And that'll also honestly be nice. Like this was always a tradition of me growing up watching the Oscars yeah. with my mom. And we haven't in eons and years. Yeah. So that will be nice too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Here are the nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. All right, yeah, let's get into the performance categories. So here are the nominees for Best Actor. So we have Paul Mescal for After Sun, uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inishirin, Austin Butler for Elvis, and Bill Nye for Living. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... I believe I'm the only one who's seen After Sun. No, I've seen After Sun. Oh, you've watched it? Okay, great. How do you feel about that that performance? I think that that is a good performance. I don't think it's a outstanding performance. Mm -hmm. It's a quiet performance. Yeah. He doesn't... He doesn't do a lot that would be your stereotypical Oscar performance. Agreed. I find. Mm. It's like very, very understated... He doesn't have a lot of big emotional beats at all. Um, he's kind of a mystery, to be yeah. honest, in the film. You don't really yeah, that's true. get to know him too well. You don't get to see really what he is thinking. So I would, mm-hmm. it's a very quiet, understated performance. I kind of think it is a random nomination. And I feel like it is more acknowledging the film than his actual performance performance yeah um but i mean i don't think he's going to win this but i always oh, definitely I think, not winning i think it's great that he has a nomination that's fine mm-hmm. i can't even necessarily think of anyone that i would put in his spot really yeah so, yeah it's a good movie it's a good performance it's it's just not it it's not it you know i will say from an outsider's perspective i have not seen this mm-hmm. and I have to say that it, from the outside looking in, it's all about him and not about the movie. Paul Mescal is the internet's new boyfriend. He's completely taken over. He's memed. He's all over Instagram. Everyone's obsessed. And it, there's a lot of hype around the performance. I haven't seen it yet, so I really can't speak to what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think it, my perspective is that it's all about him. Paul Mescal's performance to watch is normal people. Mm-hmm. which came out years ago, which is incredible. And he's so good in it. That was also Daisy Edgar Jones' um, incredible, like, kind of breakout performance as well. Yeah, he's good in After Sun. I've already been obsessed with him. Like, that is not new on my feed. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's a cool nomination. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's in the same, like, stratosphere as pretty much every other acting nomination, but I think that it's cool that it got nominated. In my opinion, Frankie Correa, who plays the daughter in that movie, is actually the better performance. I think she's Mm. actually really special. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Mm. Why don't we move on to Bill Nye in Living? (laughs) See, I think that this nomination is that classic older actor career nomination he's not necessarily going to win um it's like when peter o'toole was nominated for venus it's kind of this older actor that we want to acknowledge your work Mm. moving on we have uh brendan fraser in the whale 
So we have done an episode on this. You can hear a more extensive conversation about that if you want to go back and listen to the episode. Um, I think that this is my pick for Mine who too. I would like to see win. You know, this movie is not very well liked. <laughs> Definitely when, polarizing. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's polarizing. polarizing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like hate this movie. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people love it too. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I did it's, too. It's interesting now. I you know, I listen to other movie podcasts and like there are people that are so angry that this is even in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well we all have our blonde, you know. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, this performance for me is is really moving and I mean we said this in our in our episode this performance is better than the movie as a whole I also just really want to see him win I want to see that acceptance speech I want to cry along with him like yes. I want that moment mm-hmm. I'm with you Helen uh Brendan Fraser would get my vote too I thought that this was a, a really extraordinary performance really and I'm here for that story for the comeback story I'm, yeah. <laughs> I will we'll be crying together over mm-hmm. FaceTime oh, on yes. Oscar night I hope yeah yeah, I mean, I really love Brendan Fraser, too. It would be really nice to see him win. I think that if he didn't win, I would be fine with Colin Farrell mm. winning. Uh, it's really between those two for me. We'll get into Austin Butler, too, but I really don't yeah. want to see a actor in a biopic win this year, uh, to, yeah. be, to be honest. I just, mm. you know, I would rather see it be Brendan Fraser or, or Colin Farrell. And, yeah. I, and I enjoyed those two performances. I really liked Colin Farrell too. I actually just rewatched Banshees of Inisherin mm. last week with Mom. This performance, it, it hit, it struck me even more the yeah. second time. It's so vulnerable and emotional yeah. and open. He's like this character is innocent and naive, yeah. but also has this like restlessness, mm-hmm. and yet also is genuinely at peace with his own life and where he's at. It's mm-hmm. a really cool performance, and it's a lot to carry. Mm-hmm. And Colin Farrell just does it masterfully i thought this was a really great performance too yeah he's very endearing and it does sort of play against the bad boy-esque image he's had in the past Mm -hmm. which and he does it so well i really like that performance as well but i think brendan's still my personal pick Mm -hmm. um and then we've got austin butler as elvis so i watched this the other night um austin butler is dare i say a revelation yeah. You, no, you movie. dare say it. No, I agree. dare not. Dare not. Um, I'm with you, Helen. He, I think he's incredible. Yeah, same. Like Honestly, like I've said talking about Elvis before, for me, he would be more incredible if it was in a better movie and a movie fair. that I could actually focus on him for. I think <laughs> that this is a breakthrough performance. I don't think it's an yeah. Oscar winning performance, but I do mm. think it's putting him out there really on the map. And if he does win an Oscar, I think it should be for something else. Not this, maybe a little bit later on in his career. I, I actually don't want him to win this at all. Like I would well, much rather see it go to Colin or, or, or Brendan. I think that Austin Butler has, he will have his time people are very obsessed with him uh but i think that for this movie for elvis no 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 thank you this race this best actor race i think might be the closest hardest to call race of all the performance Mm. categories i Mm. think so too it has bounced back and forth yeah and i mean we never did an episode on elvis partly because someone refused to watch the whole thing refused to do it And I understand, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, what I what I will say since we didn't do an episode is that, you know, sometimes you watch an actor in a biopic and you're like, wow, they're doing a really good job playing Freddie Mercury or Marilyn Monroe. Um, in, in Elvis, I actually was like, Austin Butler is playing his own version of who Elvis is to him like it didn't Mm -hmm. feel like an interpretation like it actually felt like a lived in separate human separate character and I was just really very impressed with what he did in that movie and I'll echo to what you said in our text chain where you said um he's bringing the subtext of the character right yes both my complaint and yours about the film was that we don't really learn much about Elvis yeah he Mm -hmm. is 
he has clearly he's decided who Elvis is yeah. and he's built that inside mm-hmm. and I appreciate that I also love this performance I mm-hmm. this film was basically nothing to me other than mm-hmm. his 100%. performance which I thought was an absolute like star making turn yeah. his physicality the voice and yes I also must say it he is obscenely gorgeous oh yeah but that is important because yeah Elvis became famous because oh, yeah, of the his... the ladies were fainting from yes, those gyrating Yes, literally. Limbs. Because of his appeal, his sexual <laughs> mm-hmm. appeal, his attractiveness, all of that. That was That's part of his package. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a leading role. Okay, so let's get into actress in the leading role. Yeah. And this one, the nominees are Kate Blanchett in Tar, Anna Darmus in Blonde, Andrea Riesborough in To Leslie... Michelle Williams in The Fablemans and Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Start with Kate, the great entire. Mm-hmm. I love this performance. This is, I would have to say, is probably my pick. I know that Michelle Yeoh is kind of favorited. I know it's also a little bit of a neck and neck. Mm-hmm. This type of performance is more to my liking. This very, very uh, meticulous so well crafted incredible like the Michelle Yeoh performance is is more of a physical impressive performance I think whereas Kate is it's more something that I like love 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 to watch she's just mind-blowing but she's won you know and and so twice twice so if she didn't win I wouldn't be I wouldn't cry (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean what I love about Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett is that they are playing characters that would typically be played by a man. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, both of these roles. In Love both that. of yeah. these roles. And really, this category is just down to two. Yeah, It's just them. Yeah. And it is watching two actresses do something groundbreaking in the sense that it, these parts are really for men. Mm. Tar and everything everywhere all at once. Um, yeah. You know, Michelle Yeoh, this is kind of a dream role because it Mm. is action. She's dramatic in it, too. Mm -hmm. She's funny, and she carries Mm -hmm. the film. And same Mm -hmm. with Kate Blanchett. I mean, she's not doing action scenes, but the physicality is there. And it's wild. Yeah. And it's emotional, and it's stoic, and they're very, very fully fleshed out performances. And they are very supportive of each other. Yeah. And I love that. And mm-hmm. I, and Kate Blanchett's just such a class act, you know, coming in and just supporting Michelle Yeoh and vice versa. Yeah. I think Michelle Yeoh will win. It is so neck and neck. I don't know who's going to win mm-hmm. on the night of. I really don't. It's mm. so up in the air. I loved Kate Blanchett's performance. She's, Kate is my favorite performer. She's my yeah. favorite actor that lives. Yeah. And that is like an insane transcendent performance. The, yeah. the technical, like the different languages, the technical language of classical music. Yeah. She kind of flits between being vulnerable and domineering with this ease that just speaks to her literal complete and utter command over her craft Mm -hmm. and and yet michelle yo and everything everywhere all at once it's and also a complete command over her craft Mm yeah and it's different in different ways and it's physical as you said helen Mm -hmm. but there's also so much heart and it's a story of Mm -hmm. love and seeking and and yearning for closeness and it spoke to me in a maybe a more emotional, right to my heart way than mm. Kate's entire. But well, they're it, they're opposite types too, you know. Yeah, Lydia Tar is not likable. <laughs> no, totally. So, and that's comparison. difficult in its own right. Yeah, true. To pull that off mm-hmm. as well. I I am rooting for Michelle Yeoh, and if I were in the Academy, mm-hmm. that's who I would vote for. Mm-hmm. But I love Kate. Yeah, till the end. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have three other actresses here. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the Anna de Armas. I. I. I don't know how this nomination mm-hmm. happened. I've definitely s- seen better portrayals of Marilyn Monroe. Like I. I, I yeah. It's. I don't think that this was a groundbreaking performance in any way, and it 
honestly was maybe the most offensive movie of the, the year. I so I don't agree. actually know how this nomination came to be. Well, I think it's two things. I think one, people in the industry love Anna Diarmas and are rooting for her uh-huh. and see her as a as a big big star, and I think that that is evident. Two, I think probably people are trying to support her in the (laughs) face of this film being so hated and so, you know, eviscerated. her by also supporting the film and getting the film an Oscar nomination. That's totally fair. You're right. (laughs) But it's a little bit like it's not on you. You did your best. This is, you know, you did a great job in this role and the film she did an okay job in this role (laughs) Uh, well i do disagree with that i think she did an an excellent would i have given her an oscar nomination no Mm -hmm. but i do think that she did a great job her she did as best as she could have in given the circumstances i heard a commentary that made me laugh that you know people watch blonde and they feel bad not for marilyn monroe they feel bad for anna darvis right totally like the abuse that Marilyn Monroe is experiencing they're like no 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 we feel bad for the actress who has to actually do this yeah truly I think that played a part in her getting <laughs> yeah nomination. actually um if I could I would remove Anna de Armas from this nomination list and I would put in either well actually I would remove another one so I'm gonna say I would fill Anna de Armas's role with um Claire Foy from Women Talking Claire Foy, 100%. It, Claire Foy, yeah. Foy in leading, if they, you know, had to put her in the leading category, yeah. but she could also go in the supporting category, too. She could, yeah. Women Talking is a yeah. great ensemble, but there's no acting nominations. And to see Anna de Armas and, and Michelle Williams in, in this category for the Fablemans and not any of the actresses from Women I Talking, I think, is just completely wild. And, and I agree. Wrong. Uh, Andrea... Riseboro, obviously, there's been controversy yes. with this nomination. Celebs kind of rallying. Was mm-hmm. the CAA putting this together? Yeah. Was this some sort of Hollywood conspiracy? Um, which really would be disappointing for oh, yeah. Andrea Riseboro because she's a wonderful actress and she's she incredible. is good in into Leslie. But at the same time, I've seen other actresses play similar roles to this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would honestly I'd put like Viola Davis in here something that I do think is interesting because I was doing some research on the whole controversy and how they were reviewing the nomination and all of that and it is actually kind of alarming the amount of like obviously some email went out being like please post about this <laughs> like the Everybody amount of people did. who did it is like that's not a coincidence like that was absolutely asked of Um, but it does pose an interesting question about campaigning and the rules of campaigning and if they apply to social media, because, um, you know, in particular, Frances Fisher had posted something supporting the performance and in her, uh, post, she said, Viola, Michelle, Danielle, and Kate are a lock for their outstanding work. And she's referring to Viola Davis, Danielle Deadweiler, who both did not get nominated and, According to Academy rules, you're not allowed to mention competitors in any campaign effort. Um, So that was one post that got flagged for like, were rules broken? Mm -hmm. But then can you say that that was a campaign like or is that just someone posting? You know what I mean? I don't know. I I think it is. It does bring up a really interesting conversation. It sucks for Andrea Riseborough to be at (laughs) in some ways. I mean, it doesn't suck because she's now an Oscar nominee. but. It does not feel legitimate. And right. imagine going to that Oscars, attending and being like, God, I'm not even like, talk about imposter syndrome. I, yeah. like, but I wow. mean, it yeah. is more transparent than the campaigning that goes on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Like, yeah, I don't For know. Sure. The bribes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. The totally. lunches, the Absolutely. dinners, the gifts. I mean, this is mm-hmm. at least like transparent enough where we can maybe see it happening and be like, oh, it just sounds like support, <laughs> you know? It's yeah, not, so you know, so the bribes going on behind the scenes, but so where do you draw the line between support and a campaign? Which I think is the question now as we as social media has just taken over our lives, like how mm-hmm. how do you separate those two things? It's mm-hmm. a really fair question. Yeah. Yeah. 
I have I have not seen too Leslie, so I feel like I can confidently say that that is a performance that I would replace with Viola Davis in The Woman mm. King. I don't. I remember when I first saw that, I was like, I literally, there's no way that this isn't nominated mm. at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. It, it was just such a powerful performance, yeah. and and it's all her. And we talked about that on the episode. So I was like, there's no way that she's not nominated, right. and that she wasn't nominated, especially also because it's Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we have Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. Um, (laughs) Sinclair's favorite performance of the year. Honestly, my most hated performance of the year from one of my most (laughs) beloved actresses. I know, you love her. Which is so depressing. I know. But yeah, I mean, I would take Michelle Williams out, Anna DeArmas out, and I would put in Viola Davis, and I would put in Carrie Mulligan. And I would take Andrea yeah. Riseborough out and I would put in Claire Foy. <laughs> yeah. I, I would also take out Michelle Williams and put in uh, Carrie Mulligan for She yeah. Said. I, I would have liked to see that nomination as well. I can get on board with that too, for sure. Yeah. And and some other nominations for She Said. Mm-hmm. That was a really yeah. under... Some great supporting performances in that. Truly, like, yeah, yeah underappreciated film this year. I'd yeah. honestly even throw in Margot Robbie over Michelle Williams for Babylon. Yeah. She's very good in Babylon. Like, I would choose that over Michelle Williams and Fablemans, for sure. Me yeah. too. It's yeah. the like, same level of, like, over-the-top performance. Great, like, most, performance. But, like, yeah. Yeah. man, Margot Mar- Robbie gave everything. Here are the nominees for performance by an actor in a supporting role. Okay, so actor in a supporting role, we have Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inishirin. We have Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans. Uh, we have Barry Keon for The Banshees of Inishirin, and Kiwi Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Brendan Gleeson. So. Yeah. For me, this one, and again, we talked about this on the episode, I, I think. Th- He's solid in everything always. Yeah. Um, he really can convey that sort of quiet condemnation and disdain with mm-hmm. ease. This wasn't a showy role, but it also wasn't his best to me. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's it's he's good in it, but I'm not like hanging my hat on that performance. No. Yeah, yeah. same. He's great in a great movie. And it's not necessarily the one. No. The Oscar. Um Brian Tyree Henry was a bit of a surprise for sure. Like he's, Lo- he's great. Love seeing him here. Yeah. Yeah. He's great in Causeway and it's nice to see him acknowledge it. I, and it's nice to see him acknowledged. I don't think he's going to win this, but no, I mean, at the same time, I honestly feel like there isn't really anyone I would replace him with. No, to me neither. Be, to be fair. So good to see you there, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, actually. There was a lot of talk about Paul Dano not being nominated for The mm-hmm. Fablemans, and that maybe more comes into the next nomination, Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, right. as to like, how he kind of got there instead. Yeah, I'm with Brian Tyree Henry. I'm, I'm happy to see his nomination. I thought yeah. he was really excellent in that film. Um, Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, though, I talked about that on the episode. I loved it. I thought this was sort of the definition of like a great supporting actor performance. This like actor comes in storms it steals the scene with this big bombastic performance that's memorable and that also impacts the lead character of the film in a really significant way and what more do you want from a supporting actor what more i want is i would like to actually take him out and replace him with ben wishaw from women talking oh yeah i actually ben wishaw that's a good one yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't i mean i just the fablemans wasn't for me so yes Ben Wishaw moved me to tears. That women talking moved me to tears literally every second of that film. I didn't stop crying. It was super embarrassing. I was at TIFF and I like mm. didn't have a tissue and it was just gross. Oh, but no. I know it was a huge mistake. Uh, ben Wishaw is incredible in women talking. The actors in women talking are so good. And I'm so fucking mad that that has zero acting nominations. It's, but I it's digress. completely wild that yeah. That movie doesn't have any acting nominations in any of the four categories. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll talk about that, the whole women talking mm-hmm. situation after. Mm-hmm. Because it is an entire situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about Barry Keon in The Banshees of Inishirin? I love him in that. Me too. I and love him in that more than Brendan Gleeson. 
A thousand percent, mm. yes. Yeah. And again, I just wa- rewatched this film last week, and I loved him a hundred percent more the yeah. second time I watched this. Actually, this was my favorite performance of that entire movie. Mm. Mm. I think so too. I actually think it was my favorite as well. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. He's. Yeah. Do you know what's funny, Sinclair? When we talked about this, you said he's the truth stick person. He's mm-hmm. the truth teller. Mm-hmm. And in in that episode, and I was like, yeah, I guess so. But I I didn't connect that dots. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, a hundred percent. He's mm. guiding us through it. He's the only one who speaks that and this is a really finely tuned performance it's affected Mm -hmm, right it's mm -hmm, he's got mm -hmm. all these twitches and quirks and it's very almost theatrical in the line delivery but it works because he has fully committed to who that character is in every moment it's so consistent yeah and you really really feel for him and care for him like i thought it was brilliant yeah honestly there is only one winner of this category and that's Kiwi Kwan. Oh, yeah. a thousand percent. There's yeah. only yeah. one he's winning, winner for sure. here. I think <laughs> that he's the most deserving in mm. all aspects. Mm-hmm. Agreed. His Hollywood story is touching mm. and wild and mm-hmm. in, insane in, in so many different ways. And yeah. so happy for him. And he, this is pretty much a lead performance like it really is about Michelle Yeoh but this is an an actor who is I guess a supporting actor but he is in the majority of of the film and he is one of the two heartbeats of this film so only one winner here Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my opinion a beautiful performance all the heart vulnerability the pain the joy he runs the gamut in this and yeah I mean Half of the Oscar wins are about the story, right? For and sure. Yeah. You just can't not love this story. Yeah. Another one that I want to see him win and cry, and I will cry right along with him. Yeah. If I was going to bet money on a single win yeah. this at the Oscars, it would be this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Same for me. Yeah. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a supporting role. All right, lastly, supporting actress. So we have Angela Bassett in Wakanda Forever. We have Carrie Condon in Banshees of Nishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, Stephanie Hsu, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Hong Chow in The Whale. Mm-hmm. Okay, Angela Bassett, first Marvel acting nomination ever. Uh, Angela Bassett did the thing. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Is right. Um, but she did. She did. (laughs) She is really, really good in Wakanda Forever. She is. She is. She deserves that nomination. She really does deserve that. And I mean, really, I actually think that the supporting actress category is stronger than the leading actress category because Mm, at least all of these performances, I can be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, true. You earned this for Mm -hmm. sure. Where really with leading actress there's only two really strong ones um in my opinion but this this is a pretty stacked category for sure i yeah i think she was great in this role obviously she just she's her biggest task was carrying this film in a way as the like heart and as the sort of biggest figure in Mm -hmm. it and she expresses this grief that everyone the cast and the audience feels at the loss of chadwick boseman and the strength right and I just thought it was masterful, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that she's wonderful in it. And I remember saying that in our episode about Wakanda Forever. I was like, she's going to get an Oscar nomination for this. Yeah. Carrie Condon, I really like in Banshees. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it, it's a more subtle performance. And I mean, Banshees has so many acting nominations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like it. Is it my favorite? No, but it's a good performance. Yeah, I mean, same with Hong Chao, too. She's really wonderful. Yeah. And she's had... A couple really good performances. Yeah, she's great in the menu, too. Yeah, like, she's great. I think that the Jamie Lee Curtis nomination is really awesome. Yeah. Because it's comedic. And and truly, actors at the Oscars, they generally don't get rewarded for being funny. Yeah. And I think that the Jamie Lee Curtis nomination is great. Because if she won, she'd be winning for a comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I she gets my vote yeah um again it goes back to what we were just saying right it's a a lot of this is about the story Mm -hmm. Jamie Lee both of her parents are 
I mean, it's Tony Curtis and Janet Leigh, two truly yeah. two of Hollywood's biggest stars of that era. Yeah, both nominated for an Oscar. Neither were winners. Her mom was also nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And I'm just here for this whole Jamie Lee everything. Mm -hmm. She is storming social media. Yeah. She is genuinely very responsible for the success of this film. Mm, Yeah. She has really championed every one of her co-stars, the film itself, the directors, relentlessly. Yeah. Yeah. She is carrying it along and... And with such authenticity, like totally, and and her performance—that's how she tackled it. Zero vanity. Just oh yeah, had so much fun. Yeah, went for it. I love this, and I really, really hope that she wins. But this is a close category too. Mm-hmm. I really hope she wins. I would love to see her accept. And I mean, she wins for purely for hot dog finger scene. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> no one what to do with those. Yeah, no one what to do with those hot dog fingers. Yep. Um, <laughs> if if I were to remove a nomination or replace it, I would take out Stephanie Shu and I would put in uh, Jesse Buckley from Women Talking. Yeah, I know any, that's all I keep saying. <laughs> I know anyone really. Um, you know Stephanie Shu is is good in that movie, but I, I, I don't. I would. There's other people I'd rather see nominated. Yeah. Yeah, for me again as well. I think if in terms of replacing anybody, it's it's hard to say for me. I, I guess an argument could definitely be made for Dolly De Leon as oh, well, yes. who was yeah. fantastic in Triangle so of Sadness. Good. I'm she's really and surprised she wasn't nominated. Mm-hmm. She could do take out Stephanie Shu for me. I, I could even see Kiki Palmer in here, to be honest. Yeah, for no, nope. for nope. I yeah. thought she was so good in Nope, mm-hmm. and it was a real sort of like breakthrough role for her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Okay, so there's a big conversation right now about these categories and why the Oscars still have gendered categories because really like the Grammys don't um it's more you know performer right so this is something that that I think that we're going to see change Mm -hmm. and obviously any sort of change does have its adjustments and its pitfalls and what do you two think about that are there anything that you're concerned about do you think that it's something that should happen will it work etc this is interesting because Mm -hmm. to be completely honest this has been bubbling under the surface as a conversation for a little while Mm -hmm. now right yeah the grammys in like a decade ago in 2011 removed their gendered awards mm-hmm. and there's been all kinds of other ones too the mtv movie awards the canadian scream awards etc um but i still haven't really if i'm honest given it a ton of thought mm-hmm. because it's not something that affects me i guess or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and i my initial reaction was okay well that, of course that makes sense mm-hmm. like why does it need to be that and then i was like oh but i can see all of these potential situations yeah. and i was like i actually don't know how i feel about this it's a complicated complex conversation mm-hmm. i i don't want to see less winners is the thing if i'm thinking like they just say you know lead performer and supporting performer like i don't want to only see one i want to see two for each (laughs) (laughs) well yeah and i think that a big concern is that um will women get shut out right because there's so many categories where women just aren't nominated but when it comes to performing the the female categories are big categories and there's a lot to choose from Mm -hmm. uh i was actually and I think you two did this too, but um, I put together a list of yeah. the lead, um, the lead performer categories and the supporting performer categories, yeah. and what that would look like this year. Because we mm. really just had a whole conversation about these performances, right. and we were going, we could take this one out, we right. could take yeah, that true, one out. Yeah, true, true. That one's kind of in there just because. So what if you did have a leading category and a supporting category that were all heavy hitters? Right. Yeah. One thing I will say when I put the list together for each is that I could only come up with five. And that was including actors and actresses. So really, yeah. that if we wanted, like, they would probably expand the categories to, like, six. But that would leave one, you know, that would leave room for a non-binary performer. 
Truly. Mm, Like, there would be room for that. Right. I mean, I tossed out a ton of the nominations. (laughs) Yeah, I I was stretching a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. I probably could have done five as well. Really? Um, Yeah. No, I don't think so. I feel like it was was easy to whittle out a few, but I do think that... Who do you think would win in the, if there was just a non-gendered best actor, best performance by an actor in a feature film? It would be Michelle Yeoh, lead performer this year. I think it would be yeah. too. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but it would be. Who do you think it would be between? Who? What would be the the? Big, I think like, it would race? still be between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh, and um, Brendan Fraser would be like third. Would, would be, be the third, third and probably Austin Butler, Colin Farrell. And that would mm. be five. And then if they had, yeah. a, you know, let's say the ca- the category was expanded, there, you know, there will be a performance by a non-binary performer. Right. Yeah. That will garner a nomination. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. What about supporting? I think it would still be Kiwi, Kiwi Kwan. Kwan. Yeah, same. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if anything, he, he would be up against Jamie Lee Curtis, right. you know, for the same film. So it would yeah. still be in Everything Everywhere all at once. Yeah. Also, picture sense. a year where Daniel Day-Lewis decides to come out of retirement and he's up against Kate Blanchett. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Epic. You epic, know? epic. So, I mean, yeah, it could work yeah, yeah. as long as we're mm-hmm. actually including everybody, at the, which is mm-hmm. the purpose. Well, and that I think <laughs> is know? the mm-hmm. that's the real thing, right? Because the big concern is, okay, well, there's all of these other non-gendered awards like producer like directors writers producers cinematographers and women comprise only 24 percent of those roles working Mm -hmm. on the 250 films that gross the highest amount in 2022 24 percent and also when you look at the voting body in the academy uh, a 2020 analysis by NBC news said that the Academy is basically 68% male and 84% white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that is going to skew these categories sure. in a certain direction, mm-hmm. right? And but it also might make um, the industry take more responsibility from ch- making changes, not just at the award show, but in the actual movie-making process and casting process and hiring process. Mm. So Yeah, I think so too. I think award shows have a, a place, uh, have a role to play. My one primary concern is if we only have two winners it's going to be even less likely for a person of color for example to win an award in this context Mm -hmm. and also just like as a selfish viewer i'm with you helen like yeah i want want four winners (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what what type of solutions do you think that we could have for this to kind of accommodate everything what 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 does an alternate oscar look like well they could do what the Globes do and do musical comedy and drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Divide it up that way. So at least there's more categories to people can win from, but they're non-gendered. Mm-hmm. I also think that they would have to add in two more categories so they could finally have a stunt performer Oscar. Yes. Yeah. You know, this might yes. open it up to mm-hmm. start looking at other Types positions of in the film industry yeah. that aren't being recognized as yeah, well. True. And I think fundamentally, like as conversations around equality and representation and just like recognition of different people exist, yeah. it is just very simply true that if you are a non-binary performer mm-hmm. and you only have two choices, mm-hmm. being best actor or best actress, yeah. there is literally no place for yeah. you at the yeah, Oscars. Yeah, yeah. So it is just that simple. Yeah, there you needs can't to be make a place. them just pick for the yeah. night. <laughs> you know, no. just for the Oscars. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to move on to the directing category. Uh, nominees are Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin. Uh, then we have Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Daniels in there, uh, Fablemans, Steven Spielberg, uh, Tar, Tar, Todd Field, and Triangle of Sadness, Ruben Ostlund. Yes. I mean, I have my opinions on this category for sure. I think that... Honestly, I would just take out Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans and I would put in Sarah Pauly. Same. <laughs> for yeah, women it seems like a, it seems again, I just haven't seen women talking and yeah. we'll talk about 
why it's been so hard to see that film. I do really want to see it, obviously. So that is the clear snub mm-hmm. coming into this, especially where it's nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Spielberg. He's probably my favorite director of all time, but I he's he would be the fifth in this lineup for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Banshees of Inisherin with, you know, Martin McDonough, balancing that tone I think mm-hmm. is really hard and getting those performances out of those actors and and helping the actors get those tones right mm-hmm. uh I think it's really difficult obviously Daniels they had a lot to deal with with everything everywhere all at once that is and that's a, a vision <laughs> and a vision um yeah. Todd Field for Tar that is a well-crafted visionary intricate film that challenges people and it really gets people talking and that's a big feat and then triangle of sadness is just a complete odyssey that is a three-part movie (laughs) of complete epicness and so i would take spielberg out because i just don't think that movie first of all what does a director do one big thing is they direct actors and yes. mm-hmm. there isn't really standout performances really for me in the Fablemans. I also don't think it's groundbreaking in any way. I don't see it as much of a vision. So I think that he is the odd one out here. And I think that mm-hmm. Sarah Pauly should be in mm-hmm. this directing category. One, because it is a interesting film that has interesting choices it has important subject matter the acting is incredible in women talking and what is your job as a director it's to direct actors Mm -hmm. and 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 to balance everything else that's happening in the film too yeah but also telling that story and i i'll mention this more later but that's not an easy story to tell for so many different reasons one of which the source material is I mean I don't even think you've finished reading it Sinclair it's a tough read it's a it's a not it's a dry yeah read that wouldn't be easy to adapt no Mm -hmm. and she did adapt it she wrote the screenplay and she directed this film and she deserves to be there 100% I mean for me thinking about a director it's you know, someone who executes either a very unique vision or a highly skilled vision or both. Mm-hmm. Yes. And at the Oscars, ideally both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, for me, the Fablemans is not. I, I There's some skill there for sure, but it's not a unique vision. Mm-hmm. And that's where it fails for me mm-hmm. compared that's to fair. the other nominees. Yeah. For, yeah. Sure. for me, Daniels should win. Yeah. Um, and I think they will. And I think that they will too. And I yeah. hope that they do. I can't even imagine trying to balance the complex layers of this, of everything everywhere all at once. The multiverse storylines. Oh God, so much. <laughs> and then beyond all the like wildly discordant tones in that film, they somehow managed to bring all of it into like harmony. Right. This, this film is absurdist mm. at so many yeah. points. We've got butt plugs. We've got hot dog fingers. We've got telepathic rocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so visually chaotic and, and absurd. And yet, and yet in the midst of all of that, it has these riveting, compelling, heartfelt, honest, sincere, genuine performances mm-hmm. that they've pulled out from these actors while they're in absurd costumes and absurd settings and all mm-hmm. the rest. Yeah. It is a, truly an astonishing achievement in directing. And it and all I think comes they together. Deserve to win. It all comes yeah. together as a whole. It all comes which is, together. You know, yes. You're responsible for the completed vision mm-hmm. yes. and the cohesiveness of that vision. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I really hope that they win. Speaking of wanting things to win, uh, we've talked about director, we've talked about the performances of every other category. What do you want to win? What's the top pick for you, Edison? I will say for me, it's it's funny because I'm it's music for both. Mm-hmm. I I I don't mind that Babylon wasn't nominated for anything else, but that was the strongest score for of the sure. year for me, Justin mm-hmm. Hurwitz. And I I it made that film in such a strong way that if this is the only win and the only nomination or whatever mm-hmm. for this yeah. film, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I think it deserves it. But 
my real mm-hmm. like prey is Gaga from yeah. Hold My Hand from Top Gun. Not only just because the song is great and Gaga is everything, but mm. because she's also credited as a composer for for the score of the film because the melody was used in the pivotal That's moments cool. in the film. And I'm really rooting for her for that. Yeah. yeah. How about you, uh, Sinclair? Yeah, I think that I want all the beauty and the bloodshed to win for a documentary feature because Hmm. it is one of my favorite films of the year and I just think that it is such a like expertly put together documentary it Mm. has so many different elements that are important and so well crafted it's an amazing Mm. documentary and I, I think it I think I think it will win and and I'm hoping that it does and also I do love the score of Babylon as well for me it's Sarah Polly winning adapted screenplay Um, which I so hope I I would just love to see Canadian gem Sarah Polly walk up on that stage and hold an Oscar in her hands oh my god I'm gonna cry thinking about it right now but also adapting that material is like I just said would be so difficult that book is is not an easy read and the fact that she was able to turn that into such a moving stunning film mm-hmm. is an absolute accomplishment yeah she really like gave it a heartbeat yeah and if we're all wondering why we haven't done an episode because we've talked about women talking mm-hmm. now in this this episode many yes. times this movie was not easy to see, unfortunately. No. We, and we don't really know what happened with this, the release of this movie. It was supposed to come out in December, and then it just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And then it just got a super limited release. And, I mean, Edison in Nova Scotia couldn't see it. Yeah, that's literally wild. in small town Nova Scotia. I could have driven two hours right. to see and spent $60 in gas to mm. go and see this at a movie theater. But, like, you just can't – you couldn't see it in, that way. Like, yeah, it's kind of – crazy i don't understand i really don't get it because this should have been accessible this like, should have been why a was film. this not it's nominated for best picture at the oscars yeah why was this not easy for canadians to see i'm sorry <laughs> i know so that is why we haven't done a full episode on it maybe in the future we'll be able to but um listeners if you're wondering um that is why and believe me I would love to do an episode on this I've been wanting to talk about this in September so mm. <laughs> all right now we're all granted one rant <laughs> um Sinclair why don't you go first yeah okay as the queen of rants claim your seat on rants. the throne and okay to be fair let's just set up a little bit here in advance so we have a little text group Sinclair um, loves to bombard <laughs> Helen and myself with a early morning rant. It's always 8 a.m. At 8 a.m. rant could be anywhere yeah. from nine messages to 412 messages <laughs> of um, an extensive rant on something. So th- and, and she has, as a New Year's resolution, tried to dial back the rant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've done great, Sinclair. I've done okay. I can't, my rants can't, it isn't a rant if it isn't, <laughs> If, if, it's if it's two sentences, messages. then it's not a rant. So if I can get out what I want to say in two sentences, then it doesn't count as a rant. Okay. Um, but, I, but if I'm honest, I've been missing it. So I'm here for Oh, yeah. When rant. you said you weren't going to rant anymore, I was like, why? Well, so to be honest, to help control my ranting, I've just been watching a lot of panda content. Yes. So that's all I look at now. And that has really helped me quit ranting because all I'm watching is panda bear content. <laughs> on the socials perfect <laughs> all right well you are granted one rant go out okay. go for it. it can be uh, more than two sentences my one rant want. i mean really would be i think it's completely outrageous that nope wasn't nominated for mm. anything especially mm-hmm. cinematography my boy hoyt van hoytema hoity Hoity, not nominated for (laughs) Nope. Are you kidding me? That was just so beautiful. That cinematography was beautiful. Those night shots were really Mm -hmm. uh, groundbreaking and and incredibly stunning and inventive. I think that it's just kind of a travesty that Mm -hmm. he's not nominated. Okay, if I had to put my boy Hoyt in the Mm -hmm. cinematography category, and uh, dare I say it, 
I would actually take out Roger Deakins for Empire oh, wow. of Light. Because look, Roger, he's won twice now. Hmm. Nobody wants to watch Empire of Light. I mean, that, it's, that's not it. It's just not it. And Roger would understand. He'd be like, yeah, leave me out for Empire of Light. Like, I don't need to be here for that. Nobody's watching this movie. Um, and put my boy, Hoyt Van Ho- Hoytema, for nope. And it's just mm. another uh, horror movie that's not being recognized. No horror yes. once again. So Okay. Yeah. I'm with you for that. I, I think nope was uh, underrepresented. <laughs> uh I'm fully on board, and mine is also a best a cinematographer mm. who's missing. For me, it's Claudio Miranda, who was the cinematographer on Top Gun Maverick. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, excuse me, it's a lot. It, you're, you're, no, you're right. It's a lot to have to deal with. That this is insane. This <laughs> is this is like not only incredibly uh, an incredibly stunning film to look at but this is a ridiculously complex and technical mm. film to shoot it included literal fighter jets mm-hmm. flying at like 5g 7g with cameras mounted all over them this is that's insane fucked. that's insane yeah. mm-hmm. and and claudio miranda was a shoe-in for this award he's been nominated for best cinematography in literally pretty much every single award ceremony leading up to this season and has won 21 of the awards right. leading up to the Oscars and wasn't even nominated. That's right, right. so weird. Right. Totally outrageous. Totally outrageous to me. I don't know. I have not seen Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, but <laughs> I would say, Darius, you can you can step aside, honey, and we'll put Claudio in there. Yeah. Mm. You know, listen, this is actually kind of a rant on behalf of Sinclair and it, maybe it's because I've been missing your rants, but um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Tom Hanks and Elvis. Um, <laughs> you better not be saying that you wanted him to be nominated. No. My complaint, and I guess this is more a rant about Elvis than it is about the Oscars. I just, he ruins the movie. Yeah, and it's not, it's not even Tom Hanks. It's like he's so horribly miscast mm-hmm. in that part of Colonel Tom Parker. Like that is not a role for Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. He's a two-time Academy Award winner. He has, you know, delivered some of the best performances that I've in ever cinematic seen. Cinematic history, mm-hmm. yes. And he is a clown in I this know, movie. It I is yeah. it it truly like I actually think if that movie was restructured and didn't have him as the narrator or if it did like actually cast someone who's appropriate for that part but that entire plot structured that way doesn't work and that's such a huge reason why I think that movie doesn't work mm-hmm. but I like Baz Luhrmann Moulin Rouge is one of my favorite movies me too top five there were you know moments in Elvis that brought me back to Moulin Rouge that I really appreciated. And I just wish that that movie, and as I've said with the Austin Butler performance, I wish that movie could have been better. And Tom Hanks in that role and the fact that it's, it is, I'm even saying it in a negative way towards Tom Hanks. I don't like that, but that Mm -hmm. just, it's so horribly does not work. Yeah. So what Mm -hmm. this rant is about is (laughs) the fact that Elvis is nominated for best picture. So everything yeah, that you just true. said, you're saying about a best picture nominee. Yeah, that's, a, that's true. Yeah. So that's it. <laughs> that was Helen's rant on <laughs> why Elvis is nominated as best picture. Um, so here are the other films that are nominated for best yeah. picture alongside Elvis. All Quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, The Way of Water. The Banshees of Inishir and everything, everywhere, all at once. The Fablemans. Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Mm-hmm. So this is a real <laughs> interesting mishmash. Of oh, films. it yeah. certainly is. And I just want to say this, okay? <laughs> Here we go. Your Here's Sinclair's rant. If your movie has any... Razzie nominations. You should yeah. not be in the best picture category. Mm. I'm looking at you, Elvis. Yeah. I'm looking at you. Uh, you should not I, be in the best picture category at the Oscars if you have a single Razzie nomination. We have 10 nominations. I would 
very easily take Elvis out of this equation. Completely. Four of my most despised movies of the year are Best Picture nominees. That is Avatar, The Way of Water, Elvis, Top Gun Maverick, and The Fablemans. That is four. Yeah. Well, I will fight you on Top Gun Maverick. I that can film see why it's. I, I I have my problems with Top Gun Maverick, but I can see why the Oscars have put this in there for sure. I think it's a crowd pleaser. Everybody loved it. I didn't. It's technically but incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it makes sense. I mean, Avatar: The Way of the Water. Get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am so glad I was absent for that podcast episode because i haven't seen it and i never will Mm -hmm. you could not pay me (laughs) we we could pay you well it would have to be a pretty penny like 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 40 bucks no way more (laughs) 250 yeah i honestly i'm with you i feel like i should have been i should have been paid to watch that (laughs) well that's ludicrous i think avatar the way of water deserves to be in here um, and if anybody only... disagrees with Edison, you could go and listen to our episode on Avatar The Way of the Water, and you can uh, listen to me and our guest host, Risha, yeah. argue Edison mm-hmm. on Avatar. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a contentious episode. I was like, ooh, I feel the tension through my headphones. I know it was, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, that is probably going to win Best International Feature. Um, yeah, that that movie is not going to pull a parasite. It is a pretty no. decent film, but it's not. It's no parasite. <laughs> so it's and not. it's also Netflix. <laughs> yeah. It's a streamer. It's it's one advantage is that a lot of people will have seen it, mm. right? Because it's so so easily True. accessible on Netflix. Yeah, but a lot of people. That's one thing that is unique about this year is that a lot of people have seen a lot of these films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every fucking person in the world who watches movies who goes to a theater has seen Avatar. Yeah, from pretty much. But it's like the third highest grossing film ever. Yeah. Um, Elvis was a big, huge hit. Everything, everywhere, all at once was also a hit, mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. a genuine box office hit. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, obviously Spielberg himself said <laughs> saved cinema. Mm-hmm. Like this was a um, the biggest hit in Tom Cruise's career. Mm. So this is I'm I'm what I'm really interested in is seeing afterwards if the fact that we have some genuinely like big crowd pleasers in the best picture category draws eyes to the actual award show. Mm-hmm. Like does this increase viewership yeah. or not? Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm I'm happy to see Triangle of Sadness, Tar, and Women Talking nominated mm-hmm. in this category. Mm-hmm. I think that Triangle of Sadness is just such a odd film that mm-hmm. I love that it's recognized. Tar uh, would actually probably be my pick. Yeah, for best picture. As much as I loved Women Talking, it's too I think polarizing, that though. it it is, and it's it's a niche thing. Whereas Tar is more of like a, I think, well-rounded accomplishment f- as a film. Yes, but it is not um, a crowd pleaser. That's the thing. And like, I think that now. Na- oh, Tar. No, no. Tar is no. not a crowd pleaser. And Neither I is feel like best, best Picture is about, nowadays, it's about the yeah. crowd pleaser. Look who won last year, Coda. <laughs> oh, wow. Do, do not get me started. Setting do her not up. get me started Coda on the movie of last the week. Year, but people want to see a movie win that has heart i and it's going it's it it's it's going to be everything everywhere all at once like it hey i would take a hundred everything everywhere's <laughs> all at once over one coda yeah. like everything <laughs> that deserves to win best picture and it will and that'll be great yeah coda was a movie of the week yeah okay <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say it was a movie of the week mm-hmm. i it's interesting looking at the lineup this year of films that were nominated, I only really like. Lo- I loved everything, everywhere, all at once, mm-hmm. and I loved Tar. Yeah, and I really want everything, everywhere, all at once to win, and I think it will. Yeah, I think so, and I hope it does. Um, but if Tar won, I would be fine with that. I also, to be honest, I love Top Gun Maverick. I don't even care. I love that movie. <laughs> okay, so. It seems like nowadays there's always a sh- like shocking 
moment. Even the Anthony yeah. Hopkins win, True. Um, Olivia Coleman yeah. winning over Glenn Close. Like, there's been some real shocks. Obviously, the Moonlight, uh, La La Land debacle, and of course the slap last year. The slap. It's at the point now the where slap. you can't, you cannot predict what is going to happen. But I feel like something is going to happen. Something goes down. You think so? It, it seems like there always is these yeah. past uh, couple years. I think that if Top Gun Maverick doesn't win anything, I think Tom Cruise is going to fly a plane right onto the stage. <laughs> like he's just well, it, I... like in the name of Scientology. Just fly oh one of those fighter jets Stop. right onto the stage. I think that there is a very slight chance of Top Gun Maverick winning Best Picture. Really? That would be wild. It would be so wild. I think that it could happen. I, I think that there's like... <laughs> and if it does happen, Tom Cruise will fly a jet right onto yes. the stage and jump out to be, accept the award. He will. And it will literally be the most iconic <laughs> moment in the history of the Academy. Yeah. No. Wow. Um, he can't be topped by Will Smith. Okay. <laughs> oh, like, I would watch he- that. <laughs> oh my God. But um, no, I think if if there was gonna be one like really outside the box shocker moment, I think that that could be it for me. That's my black sheep. Mm. Is it's like there is a lot of love, and especially mm-hmm. after the Producers Guild Award and the Tom Cruise love that came from there, and really a lot of industry love behind Top Gun Maverick and support for it. I don't think it's gonna happen. I really <laughs> don't. And I also. To be clear, do not want it to. (laughs) But I do think that it might. There's a slight chance. My prediction is that maybe we'll get a a fun wardrobe malfunction. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get a nipple slip. Uh, The Aubrey Plaza situation at the SAG Awards with that dress. And I don't know if you guys have followed that. No. Uh, I just know that she's had some really epic outfits. But I didn't know she had a malfunction. She didn't. She had the dress that she was wearing. It is an, a kind of an odd dress, but it like is kind of just like two s- straps covering yeah, her boobs. That. Yeah, but I think it. I don't know. People on the internet were going crazy about it in a negative way, and then when White Lotus won uh, cast ensemble, and everyone goes up, there's it's really funny to watch her on stage. One of the actors turns over to her, I think, to tell her that maybe her boob is coming out, and it's and it's not. But then she just looks so sour afterwards, and you see her mouth like Jesus Christ, and she's just so pissed. And then there's this great red carpet moment from recently of Aubrey Plaza and Kate Blanchett standing together, and Kate's looking over at her doing the exact thing of like yes. showing. I'm uh, making like joking about it like oh check your boobs like your boobs are falling out <laughs> um so maybe we'll get maybe we'll see some boobs I don't yeah. know that that's the most I'm gonna predict I actually don't think there's gonna be anything shocking a la slap a la moonlight I don't oh, think so. I hope not <sighs> all right well this has been our sixth annual Oscar special my Ooh. goodness let us know okay what you think is going to happen at the Oscars. Let us know how you feel about them afterwards. Uh, We are so, so, so excited as we are every year to watch the Oscars. Thank you for joining us in this episode. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. Till next time. Bye. Bye.